To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Eric Bogosian first named his name in the 80s on a stage show called Talk Radio, which got adapted into a film by Oliver Stone, no less. Since then, he's been in Billions, Succession, Law and Order. Started with Adam Sandler's comeback movie Uncut Gems a couple of years ago. Now, a TV adaptation of Interview with a Vampire, which is on a new streaming service, AMC+. And Eric Bogosian is with us. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Now, irony of ironies, you're in Australia, and I wanted to talk to you actually about New York, you being the quintessential New Yorker and all the work you've done, you know, in theatre and all of that over the years. Post-COVID, are theatres in New York back? Are are the audiences there? Is it normal? Well, it's certainly not normal, uh, but theatre will never die. And of course, there's there's different kinds of theatre. The theatre that I've mainly been involved with, I have done Broadway, but I'm mainly an off-Broadway type of guy. And uh, that's never going to go away. It's it, whether Broadway can make the kind of profits it was making prior to COVID. Well, that's a different story, and that's a sort of business question because they were making billions with the tourists coming and everything. But as far as the our our the serious theater in New York, I, I don't mean that Broadway isn't serious, but we're the straight theater, whatever you want to call it. Um, we it is alive and well, and there's some amazing stuff going on as there always will be, because there has to be theatre. That's how people talk to each other. See, this seems to be your career. So the, the fascinating thing I've learned about you is this this off-Broadway thing. I mean, just explain it to people who don't fully understand Broadway. Broadway, off-Broadway, is, is off-Broadway what you would call serious proper theatre? Well, sometimes it's, my wife just opened a play on Broadway that started off-Broadway. Joe Bonney is her name. She's from uh, Sydney, actually, originally. And uh, that play, Cost of Living was uh began off broadway and it ended up on broadway because it was such a big success it really has to do with the size of the houses uh when you're off broadway you're doing seven shows a week when you're on broadway you're doing eight shows a week and off broadway the houses are going to be most of my houses have been over the years about 300 to 500 people whereas broadway is like 700 up to like if it's a big musical 2000 people in the audience is ridiculous you can't do a you can't do a, like a straight play and it, with 2,000 people. It's pretty hard because you've got to shout, <laughs> whereas a musical can do all that like, amplification stuff. So that's kind of the difference between it. And Broadway tends to be more near uh, Times Square, a lot of tourists, whereas off-Broadway could be anywhere in the city. We're all over the place, all kinds of little theaters everywhere. Um, you could call it fringe also, I guess, but that's, and then there's off, off Broadway and then there's off, off, off Broadway, but which is kind of where I started. <laughs> and where are you most happy? Well, it changes over time because, you know, like with anything, uh, you aspire to something and then you get there. Um, I had a great time on Broadway. Uh, honestly, whoever came up with the idea that you're supposed to do eight shows a week was not an actor. It was a producer who came up with that idea. I, um, Currently, I mean, doing the TV shows and the movies that I've been doing, I that gives me a lot of pleasure because um, I'm lazy. That's all. I mean, putting in those those long hours on it. When you're doing an off broad, I mean, I all the shows that I've done, they were usually four to six months in length, seven, you know, seven shows a week. Uh, it's a grind, and you love it. But to explain. Let's put it this way. It's like you have to have really great sex every night at eight o'clock. And, you know, not everybody has that in them, but but you've got to, you owe it to your audience to give them everything you've got every night and be totally there.
And that's what I, I did when I was doing it. But look, I'm in my 60s. I, I got other things to do. I got to go hang out with my grandkid. See, that's, that's a lovely place to be in life, isn't it? I mean, when you've done enough stuff and you're still enjoying the bits and pieces you're doing and you can pick and choose whatever you like, that's, that's the good place to be. It's awesome. And I'm not saying I, I won't go back to stage because I, I love stage and I'm physically fit and I, can, and I can do it. But it has to be a show. It always has to be. I only make stuff that I really have a great time doing. So, it, and believe me, there are plenty of people. Hugh Jackman is on stage right now and in, in, on Broadway and he's having the time of his life, I guess, because he gets out there every night and he has a blast. And, and, it's, and it's fun to get out there in front of an audience and sort of take their energy and suck it into yourself and then explode with with the, all that the, the energy that the audience is giving you. It's great. Talk to me about Succession. I mean, do you watch that as an actor and go, man, that is such a cool show. What if I could be a part of that? Or does it sort of happen by osmosis? Well, when they got in touch with me, they were they were keeping it very tightly under wraps. And I actually had to go to some place to look at the pilot. And I and I sat there and I and I watched the pilot. The role of that I played on it, I didn't, I wasn't like my, I wasn't the most exciting role that I wanted to play. I mean, it's a, a sort of a Bernie Sanders character and you could kind of say that's who he is. It, it, but when I watched the pilot, I thought I have to be part of this. This is, this is so great. Brian is so great. Kieran is an old friend of mine. Um, I had, I had seen Sarah on uh in movies from australia before and i did most of my scenes with her so i thought this will be cool uh, i'm gonna have fun doing this and that's exactly what happened in fact it was more fun than i expected because the writing on that show is terrific the, the way they shoot it is kind of loose and fast and surprising and so and the product they ended up with I mean, look the show is it's a lot of fun to watch and there's a lot of theater people on that show. Um, and so Jay is a theater person. Uh, uh, Peter Friedman is a, a theater person. A lot of theater people. And and there's a sort of a bigger, I think, I guess comedy goes that way. And certainly Brian Cox yeah. is a is a theater person. Yeah. So you 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 get you you get to do things a little more broadly. And and when you're working with people who know what the hell they're doing. It can be a blast, and it was a blast. It was a it was a real blast. By the way, this interview with the vampire. Let's talk about that. So I got to check a story. So I'm reading about you. You're claiming you're in Chicago with your wife. She's opening a play. You're then saying the night before the phone rings for the job, you're thinking to yourself, "Geez, I, I, I've got to do some vampire work before it all ends." Next day, the phone rings. I mean, is that is that true? It's the absolute truth. I, one of the, my favorite things I ever saw on stage was Frank Langella doing Dracula. I tried to get the same play, the original Dracula play, up uh, a few years ago, and it just it just didn't happen to get that going in New York. Then um, at one point, Coppola was making a vampire movie, and I did everything I could. I even met with him. This was many years ago to do to get into that movie, and I couldn't get into it. So. I was the day, it was literally the day before I got the call, I was thinking, that's the one last thing I really want to play a vampire. Now, I may get my wish, um, not in this season, but uh, I don't know, the, the Anne Rice stories go on, go on and on and on, and they have all kinds of convolutions, and I don't know what they've got in store for me, but it may yet... I may still get my wish. Well, it looks like you got a hit here, haven't you? I mean, where are you at? You've got season one is out, and that's a success. I know, by the way, the TV Guide 
uh, make this the sixth best program of all of 2022. So obviously that's gone well. Where's season two at? Commissioned? Is it made? Is it written? What's happening? Oh, they, they yeah, they're writing it right now. Um, they don't tell us what we're going to be doing, uh, but they're scouting locations all over Europe. Am I supposed to say that? I don't know. But at any rate, I, I don't think that's a big secret. They're gonna they're gonna move it uh, around, and uh, they're writing the scripts now. And Rollin has to figure out how he's going to continue to take this vast amount of information that's in the Anne Rice books and make it into a story as he did in that first season so brilliantly that that anybody you don't have to have read the Anne Rice to know what's going on on the other hand if you are an Anne Rice devotee you're going to be watching like what are they doing what are they changing how did he did he did he hurt Anne Rice and I absolutely don't think he did I think that he I think this is a great meeting of minds I mean sadly she passed away last year but um, Anne Rice and Rollin Jones have come together in this manifestation, and I dig it. I totally dig it. I can't say, you know, you know, there's so much TV right now. I don't know if I even would have found this show if I wasn't part of it. But because I, I of course, I watch it religiously. I've watched every episode a number of times, and I love it so much. I love these, I mean, Jacob Anderson and Sam Reed they have a chemistry I have rarely seen. And I'm not just talking about what we see on screen, which I think is fantastic, but off screen, they are, it's wonderful to be around them. They're like two playful puppies who are around each other all day long. They love each other and they have found this chemistry and it it shows on screen. Did you see the 94 stuff? You know, the original? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is this better? <laughs> we it's in our contract we're not allowed to compare this with uh the 1994 movie <laughs> um look i wasn't part of that movie i'm part of this one this is the one that for me this is it and uh and uh, and i dig it it's a different story anyway because one's a movie and one's a a show that lasts seven episodes seven seven hours a very complex uh storytelling and certainly the thread that Daniel Malloy is in, my role, uh, is different than the movie or or even the book. It's a it's a way to keep the uh, keep a sort of a mystery going through the seven episodes, which delivers in the end of the last episode. And I have to thank Rollin for for giving me this wonderful role where I get to play the um, uh, what would you call it? The, the the guy who 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 puts the stake into the into the myth. Anyway, I I'm I'm not. I won't be fooled. I won't be fooled again. Good stuff. Well, listen. No excuse for having got to Australia but never having come to New Zealand yet. I can't believe that. And Jeff Murphy, uh, have you seen Goodbye Pork Pie? Yeah, no, I saw all his early stuff. Yeah, he was so great to work with. We met each other. He he wasn't the person who cast me in the in the Seagal movie, and then we um. We, we began to work, we became good friends, and it was, uh, I mean, it's very sad because he's passed, but we had a blast making that movie. That was a crazy movie, but um, uh, <laughs> in spite of Steven Seagal, uh, Jeff made a terrific action movie, and it stood the, the test of time, so I'm happy to have been part of that too. Fantastic. Next time we talk, it's got to be in New Zealand. For now, though, you've been brilliant. Appreciate your time very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Fantastic interview with the vampire Eric Bogosian with us on AMC. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.